0: Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Oh My Lanta, oh. <laughs> Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast, and Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Today, I am bringing you just like I talked about in my holiday and any year reads podcast episode, I am bringing to you the books I'm looking forward to reading in 2022. And these, as I said, they are all middle grade books, but I, I love middle grade books. I think they're amazing. So I'm going to pick out some from, I have some from just about each month that goes all the way to September of 2022. So. Maybe this will give you guys some good book ideas to read in 2022. Uh, I'm not going to go through every single book here because there are quite a handful. Like each month has probably almost 10 books. Yes, the book. I'm sorry. I don't know why Audacity is just being a pain in the butt. Hidden Geek. Comes out January fourth, twenty twenty two, by T. Period P. Period Jagger. If you're a fan of Mr. Lemoncello's or Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library, that series is really really fun. I tried getting into the movie on um, Netflix. It's a Nickelodeon movie, and I really I didn't care for it. I couldn't even finish it. It just I think it could have been done a lot better. If probably even if it had like a theatrical really, like a bigger budget, I think, honestly. So this book kind of, the synopsis for this book kind of feels like it reads kind of similar to that. A puzzle maker's last clue, a friendship's last chance. The geeks, Gina, Edgar, Elena, and Kevin have been best friends for as long as they can remember. So when their arch nemesis points out their that their initials make them literally geeks, they decide to go with it. The problem, the geeks' hometown of Elmwood was once the headquarters of the famous toy maker Maxine Van Houten. Her popular puzzle spear, the bamboozler, put the town on the map, but Maxine passed away long ago. Now the toy factory is shutting down, and Elena's mom and Kevin's dad are losing their jobs. They might have to move, and that would mean splitting up the geeks. The quest... Maxine left one final puzzle, a treasure hunt that could save the town and keep the friends together. But only those who know and love Elmwood best will be able to solve it: Geeks to the rescue. This sounds like a fun book. I really honestly kind of hope it's not trying to ride the coattails of Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's library and be kind of a copycat. I hope it's kind of bringing its own, you know, stuff to the table. So look for that. Another book that is coming out January 25th, and it's perfect for January, perfect for the new year, perfect for the wintertime. It's called Snowstruck. It's by Nick Courage. And he is the author of a book called Windblown. So he writes adventurous, uh, not world disasters, but more like um, weather Disaster-type-related books. This book's synopsis. An historic blizzard is raging across the eastern seaboard, and three unsuspecting kids are about to find themselves smack in the middle of it. Perfect, excuse me, perfect for fans of the I Survived series who are looking for high-stakes adventure. Neither Elizabeth nor her little brother, Maddie, have ever been north of Georgia. They're used to sandals and shorts, not boots and parkas. So when they fly to New York City to spend the holidays with their cousin Ashley, they want to experience one thing snow. Ashley can't wait to show her cousins how magical Manhattan is at Christmas time. But instead of a week of fun, what they get is an arctic blast that knocks out the power and plunges the skyscrapers into darkness. It's unreal. The blizzard covers the Statue of Liberty. Whoa! Are you serious? Really? Oh my gosh. In, oh, it covers the Statue of Liberty in ice. I was going to say, at first I thought they were saying in snow, like the Statue of Liberty. Whoa. Wow. Okay. And topples the famous Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. When Ashley's dog Fang gets lost outside, the cousins take matters into their own hands and are caught in the storm's dangerous path as they chase Fang across the frozen city. Can the little Pomeranian survive the cold snow and ice blanketing Manhattan? Can they? Beautiful, beautiful, vivid writing in a power-packed plot. I truly loved it. Okay, so this is someone just saying how awesome. I can't wait to read this. Yes, Stormblown is the other book that came out in 2019. Okay, this looks cool. I want to read his other book, too. But I definitely want to read this for January. Next book I'm going to read, it, read is Codename, Ver, uh, Codename Serendipity. This is by Amber Smith and comes out January A lot of books being released next Tuesday, January 4th. Codename Serendipity by Amber Smith. Fans of Catherine Applegate. Holly Goldberg-Sloan and Linda Mullally Hunt, which I think, I thought there's like, uh, Fish in a Tree. Linda Mullally Hunt wrote that one. Uh, Catherine Applegates, the one and only Ivan, which I still gotta read that one, too. Okay, so this is bestselling author Amber Smith's heartwarming middle grade debut about family, friendship, and special connection. The special connection between a girl and her dog. 11-year-old Sadie's school year is off to an awful start. Her best and only friend moved away. Her older brother is a jerk, as always, and her beloved Gramps is having more and more trouble keeping his memories straight. But when she comes across a stray dog, she discovers something wonderful and magical. She and the dog, Dewey, are able to communicate telepathically. Sadie knows that Dewey's destined to be her friend. Dewey is quickly captured and sent to a shelter. Oh no! And Sadie's moms... Okay, I like that they got LGBT representation with Sadie's moms. That's awesome. Say Dewey's dangerous, a bite risk, and that Sadie, whose mind is always wandering with a larger-than-life imagination, needs to prove she's more responsible before she can adopt any pets. But Sadie is running out of time. Dewey lets Sadie know that her days at the shelter are numbered. The only solution, break Dewey out of doggy jail. And this reaffirming magical and uplifting story of friendship, family, and believing in yourself- Wait, 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 whoa, wait a sec. Okay, hold on. What? Hold on, I, I missed something here. Is there a body switch situation between the dog and Sadie? Because Dewey lets Sadie know that her days at, unless Dewey is a girl dog, but maybe I'm wrong, but I just, she um, doesn't say anything about Dewey being a female dog. But then, yeah, I, I kind of wonder maybe, because for a second there, it makes it sound like it's a body switch situation here. But Sadie is running out of time. Say, uh, Dewey lets Sadie know that her days at the shelter are numbered. Um. Okay, so Okay. So then Dewey must be a female dog? I'm, I'm guessing. That's, this just sounds kind of confusing. Eh, cute dog. I like the cover. It's gorgeous. I really, really like it. I am a sucker for, for books about kids with animals and pets and everything and just really just adorable. My Otter Half by Michelle Schusterman. This also comes out December 4th, so next Tuesday. And I like this. This is an adorable tagline because on the cover it's got an otter and a little dachshund. Homeward Bound meets Finding Nemo. This is adorable. In this heartfelt story about a brave sea otter and a rambunctious puppy who team up to find their way home. Oliver is a sea otter determined to prove that he's not a mama otter's boy. A mama otter's boy. In an effort to show his bravery, he swims into Puget Sound where all the ships and humans are. That's when disaster strikes An oil spill threatens the local wildlife and it traps Oliver in the harbor. Franklin, an excitable dachshund puppy, is also lost. He's been separated from his owner, Lucy, and he has no idea how to get back to her. Now, Oliver and Franklin must journey through the Pacific Northwest wilderness in search of their families. Along the way, they'll discover exciting adventures and meet new friends. But will they be able to find their way home? The next book, Lemon Drop Falls. I think this will be the last book I talk about for that's being released in January. Lemon Drop Falls, this is by Heather Clark. It will be released January 25th, 2022. Just looks really, really good. Brave the sour to taste the sweet. Morgan is devastated by her mother's sudden death. Before, mom's amazing organizational skills kept the family on track, and her bowl of lemon drops was always on hand to make difficult conversations easy, turning life's sour into sweet. After, there's no one to help Morgan navigate her new role caring for her younger siblings and her worries about starting junior high. And her increasingly confusing friendships. All she can do is try to fulfill her mother's final uh, request. Keep them safe, Morgan. Be brave for them. Help them be happy. When dad insists on taking the family on their regular summer camping trip and Morgan's efforts to keep her promise to mom seem doomed to fail, Morgan's anxiety spirals into a panic attack and dad treats her like she's impossibly broken. Oh, no. Unable to share her fears and needs with dad and desperate to prove she's got the strength to hold the family together, Morgan sets off alone to hike a flooding canyon trail, but somewhere on that lonely and dangerous journey, Morgan will encounter the truth about the final words her mother left her, the power in finding her own voice, and the possibility of new beginnings. One of my favorite middle grade authors is releasing a book in... February. It's called Dear Student. It's by Ellie Ellie Schwartz. She's written books that I've read Finding Perfect, Smart Cookie, and Give and Take. So, this book will be released February 15th, so the day after Valentine's Day. So, I can't count this as a Valentine's Day gift because it comes out after. Okay. When Autumn becomes the secret, the secret voice of the advice column in her middle school newspaper, she is faced with a dilemma. Can she give fair advice to everyone, including her friends, while keeping her identity a secret? Starting middle school is rough for Autumn after her one and only BFF moves to California. Uncertain and anxious, she struggles to connect with her new classmates. The two potential friends she meets could not be more different. Bold Logan, who has big ideas, and Quiet Cooper, who's a bit mysterious. But Autumn has a dilemma. What do you do when the new friends you make don't like each other? When Autumn is picked to be the secret voice of the Dear Student Letters in the Hillview newspaper, she finds herself smack in the middle of a program problem with Logan and Cooper on opposite sides. But before Autumn can figure out what to do, the unthinkable happens. Her secret identity as dear student is threatened. Now it's time for Autumn to find her voice, her courage, and follow her heart, even when it's divided. This book sounds so good. I love Ellie Swartz's books. They're amazing. Every character she brings to life in her book, is like you automatically... The main character, you want to be their best friend, and you want to be there for them and support them. The next book I'm going to talk about is called "Each of Us a Universe." This is by Genie Zulick Ferruolo. Oh my goodness, F R or F E R R U O L O. This comes out February first, twenty twenty-two. A heartfelt middle grade novel or middle grade from, you know, the author about two girls who go on an adventure to the top of Mount Meteorite and learn about each other themselves and the magic friendship can bring. Perfect for fans of Catherine Applegate and Barbara O'Connor. What do you do when you're facing the impossible? Ever since the day when everything changed, Cale Scott's answer has been to run. Run from her mother who's fighting cancer. Run from her father who, whom she can't forgive. And run from her... Classmates who've never seemed to "quote unquote" get her anyway. The only thing Cal runs toward is nearby Mount Meteorite, named for the extraterrestrial object some claim crashed there fifty years ago. Cal spends her afternoons plotting to summit the mountain so she can find the magic she believes will make the possible make possible the impossible to heal heal her mother. But no one has successfully reached its peak, no one who's lived to tell about it anyway. Then Kale meets Rosine, a girl who's faced more impossibles than anyone should have to. Rosine has her own secret plan for the mountain and its magic, and she convinces Kale that they can summit its peak if they work together. As the girls climb high and dig to face the mountain's challenges, Cal learns from Rosine what real courage looks like. She begins to wonder if the magic she's been seeking all this time is really the kind she needs. The author's third novel is a glowing story of friendship, inner strength, and what happens when the impossible becomes possible. Okay, so I actually do have a couple of this uh, this author's books, "Ruby in the Sky" and "A Galaxy of Sea Stars." I have both those. I haven't read them yet, but this book sounds really good. The next book I'm going to talk about is "Wishing Upon the Same Stars." This is by Jack Jack Weta Namar Feldman. This is February first, twenty twenty-two, is when this will be released. Perfect for fans of Other Words for Home, Front Desk, and American as Paneer. Okay, gotcha. This powerful, impugnant, coming-of-age, middle-grade novel, debut novel, follows an Arab-American girl named Yasmin as she moves to San Antonio with her family and navigates finding friendship and herself. When 12-year-old Yasmin moves with her family to San Antonio, all she wants to do is fit in. But her classmates in Texas are nothing like her friends in the predominantly Arab neighborhood back in Detroit, where she grew up. Okay, another Michigander who moved to Texas. Okay, I feel ya, I feel ya. <laughs> Almost immediately, Yasmin feels like the odd girl out as she, f- and she, and as she faces middle school mean girls and tries to make new friends, she feels more alone than ever before. Then Yasmin meets her neighbor, I let. Cohen, a first generation Israeli American. As the two girls grow closer, Yasmin is grateful to know someone who understands what it feels like when your parents' idea of home is half a world away. But when Yasmin's grandmother moves in after her home in Jerusalem is destroyed, Yasmin and ailet Ayla- I'm sure I'm mispronouncing her name, must grapple with how much closer the events of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict are than they realized. As Yasmin begins to develop her own understandings of home, heritage, and most importantly herself, can the two girls learn that there's more to that brings them together than might tear them apart, and that peace begins with them. Okay, this sounds really, really good. This next read, The Supernatural Society by Rex Ogle. This comes out uh, February 1st, 2022. This just sounds like a fun adventure. Will Hunter thought his life couldn't get any worse. His parents just got divorced. His best and only friend now is his dog Fitz. And his mom moved them from New York City to the middle of nowhere called East Emerson but will was wrong things are about to get worse because east emerson is filled with a whole lot of monsters and he's the only person who can see them when all the town pets including fitz go missing will suspects there's something sinister going on so he joins forces with outcast Ivy and super smart Linus to discover or to uncover the ancient secrets of East Emerson. Besides, nothing bad can happen when three sixth graders team up against monsters, magic, myths, and mad science. Right? (laughs) The next book I'm going to read to you is, or read about, discuss, Maisie Chen's Last Chance. This is by Lisa Lee. This book comes out February, another date that has a lot of books coming out, February 1st. 2022. Packed with humor, heart, and stories within stories, this irresistible novel from an award-winning author celebrates food, fortune, and family. Welcome to the Golden Palace. No, not the spinoff from the Golden Girls. That's a different one. Maisie has never been to Last Chance Minnesota until now. Her mom's plan is just to stay for a couple weeks until her grandfather gets better. But plans change, and as Maisie spends more time in less Chance, where she and her family are the only Asian-Americans, and at the, fam- at the Golden Palace, the restaurant that's been in her family for generations, she makes some discoveries. For instance, you can tell a lot, a lot is in all caps, about someone by the way they order food. And people can surprise you. Sometimes in good ways, sometimes in disappointing ways. And the Golden Palace has secrets. But the more Maisie discovers, the more questions he has. Like, why are her mom and her grandmother always fighting? Who are the people in the photographs on the office wall? And when she discovers that a beloved family treasure has gone missing and someone has left a racist note, Maisie decides it's time to find some answers. Wow, this book is packed with a lot of stuff going down. A lot of stuff going down see. Uh, the next one looks very interesting, too. It's called Girl, Golden Girl. I'm trying to see if this author has written another book that maybe I might have... I do have another book by this author. Uh, Reem Far... F-A-R-U-Q-I. I don't want to... I'm just... I feel like I'm going to totally just not do well with the name. And I don't want to offend the author or hurt the author's feelings or anything. Uh, Unsettled, I have that book. And... Yeah, let's read about Golden Girl. I think yeah, this is this. I've never read about a character before that um, has uh, it's a kleptomaniac and deals with the uh, compulsions like that. Seventh grader, oh my goodness, Effia Kumar loves tennis, reading weird but true facts, and hanging out with her best friend Zena. However. Afia has a bad habit that troubles her she's drawn to pretty things and can't help but occasionally quote unquote borrow them but when her father is falsely accused of a crime he hasn't committed and gets taken in by authorities afia knows she, she knows she needs to do something to help when She brainstorms a way to bring her father back. She turns to her weird but true facts and devises the perfect plan. But what if her plan means giving in to her bad habit, the one she's been trying to stop? Afia wants to reunite her family, but finds that maybe her plan isn't so perfect after all. This book sounds amazing. It comes out February 22nd, 2022. That's the thing when i look at my middle grade books i have an array of different cultures and i just i like that idea that middle grade is just honestly it's just it's it's huge there's so many things cultures topics on so many different levels from a child dealing with a parent's illness to a, a lot a lot of books i see are Children adapting to a move and making new friends going to a new school and stuff. I see a lot of that I see a lot of children dealing with a parent's illness whether it be a medical illness or a psychological illness or an illness due to um, Drugs or alcohol to that degree and just the child and also the child having to grow up too fast, maybe take care of younger siblings, take on an, an adult role when they're just a child themselves and just have, you know, it's just, it's, I can't even begin to explain how, how kids today have such an array of books on so many different topics that can easily educate and entertain and make the child feel like they're being not only represented, but like they're being heard. Their voices are being heard through these characters and they're having someone to relate to. I would have, I would have loved these books. I would have loved these books growing up in the nineties, honestly. And it's just the thing is they're talking about, because there are so many of these now coming to light That are situations, problems, that we just, feels like we didn't talk about these things in the 90s. And it just, like we're opening a door for kids to have conversations with their parents. And parents to have these conversations with their kids about the characters that they're reading. And problems they're going through. And solutions and everything like that. And making these kids feel like for once in their life their voices that are being heard. Not only that, we're getting children that have psychological disabilities, physical disabilities. Those characters are finally getting a voice. And it's just, it's, this is so important that these kids feel like they're not alone. They have somebody, even though if it's a character on a page, there's somebody there that they feel they can relate to and be represented. And not only for that person going through it but those of us that need more understanding with those types of situations and people like that that we want to know more we want to. how can we help you basically and by reading these characters falling in love with these characters and just knowing like that Now I'm losing my train of thought. I do that sometimes, guys. I do apologize. I feel like sometimes I'm just talking, 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 and just for a split second, it's like I lose my train of thought. And I, it stinks. It it just keeps, it happens more and more. And I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, we just, this is good. This is, we're having conversations now that people didn't back when I was young, It just seems like things back then just got swept under the road like, oh, we don't talk about that. Or, oh, it's not as big of a deal as you're making it. It's like, no, it is a big deal. And it's important that we make it a big deal because this needs to, this conversation, these conversations need to be happening. If someone is slighted, you don't keep that to yourself. You talk about it. You don't just keep it to yourself and bottle that up because that is not healthy. This is, I was talking about a character with a physical disability. Here we go. We have the book called Air. It's by Monica Rowe. It shows a character who is in a wheelchair and it looks like she is on a skating ramp and she's seriously getting some air. This book comes out... March 15th, 2020. So many books and we are only the third month into the new year. Excuse me. I gotta take something to drink. My mouth is dry. Excuse me. Okay. An action-packed, empowering middle grade novel about a girl who has to speak up when her wheelchair motocross... Oh my god! Wheelchair motocross? I've never... See, I am learning so much right now. I really am. When her wheelchair motocross dreams get turned upside down, 12-year-old Emmy is working to raise money for a tricked-out wheelchair to get serious about WCMX. When a mishap on a poorly designed ramp at school throws her plans into a tailspin. Instead of replacing the ramp, her school provides her with a kind but unwelcome aid and seeing a golden media opportunity launches a public fundraiser for her new re- wheels emmy loves her close-knit rural town but she can't shake the feeling that her goals and her choices suddenly aren't hers anymore with the help of her, of her best friends emmy makes a plan to get her dreams off the ground and show her community what she wants what she has to give and how ready she is to do it on her own terms Air is a smart, energetic, middle grade debut from Monica Rowe about thinking big, working hard, and taking flight. Okay, so Monica Rowe is a brand new debut author. This book, the cover design, I gotta give props. I, I am applauding everyone out there that these colorful, vibrant, beautiful, illustrated covers, they're eye-catching, they're, they're just popping, they're just Beautiful. And the thing is, when you're looking at books, most of the time, what you're seeing is going to be the spine of the book with the title. So the title needs to be colorful. It needs to pop. It needs to be right at you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, beautiful cover. I swear. Sometimes it's just the covers, like, you don't know, like, the book might not be good, but gosh, that cover is gorgeous. It is so good. Okay, let's see. The next one I'm going to read is from Kelly Yang. Uh, she is the author of the Front Desk Trilogy. I don't know if there's going to be more books in that trilogy, uh, if there's going to be another chapter. I still I want to reread the first one so I can reread the next two. This book, I am oh my gosh, guys! I am here for this. We need more books about what went down in 2020, what we're still really living through with this COVID. March 1st, it's titled New From Here. An Asian-American boy fights to keep his family together and stand up to racism during the initial outbreak of the coronavirus. When the coronavirus hits Hong Kong, 10-year-old Knox Wee Evans... His mom makes the last minute decision to move him and his siblings back to California, where they think they will be safe. Suddenly, Knox has two days to prepare for an international move and for leaving his dad, who has to stay to work. At his new school in California, Knox struggles with being the new kid. His classmates think that because he's from Asia, Oh my God, yes! Remember all of this? Whether And most likely probably still is going on. So much Asian hate, so much directed at them for this disease. It's horrible, it's horrible, and there's no reason for this kind of thinking. His classmates think that because he's from Asia, he must have brought over the virus. At home, mom just got fired and is panicked over the loss of health insurance. And dad doesn't even know when he'll see them again. Since the flights have been canceled and everyone struggles with Knox's blurting things out problem. So are they referring to Tourette's like he has Tourette's? Because when it says blurting things out problem, that's exactly where my mind goes with Tourette's. But then again, I could be wrong. I could be mislabeling this diagnosis here. As racism skyrockets during COVID-19, Knox tries to stand up to hate while finding his place in his new country. Can you belong if you're feared? Can you protect if you're new? And how do you keep a family together when you're oceans of heart? Sometimes when the world is spinning out of control, the best way to get through it is to embrace our own lovable, unique, yes, yes, yes. Embrace our own lovable uniqueness. So that is a message to all of you out there and myself. Here's another author whose books I do have and I need to get to. Caterpillar Summer, These Unlucky Stars, The Queen bee and Me. These are all by Jillian McDon. And she has a new beautiful book called Honestly Elliot. This book will be published. March 1st, twenty. See, that's the thing. We're hitting, like, February 1st, January 4th, March 1st. Boom. Big release dates. Big. Um, there is no synopsis for this book. I thought maybe someone... Sometimes in the comments, someone will put a synopsis. So, um, let's see. We got some more here. Okay, so there isn't an official synopsis. This is someone that has uh, put down one, so... We could take it by the grain of salt. We don't know because it's not from the author or the author's publicist. It's called Drew LeClaire Gets a Clue. So supposedly this is being pitched as a modern day queer Harriet the Spy in which a true crime-fighting or crime-obsessed girl decides to catch a cyberbully by profiling all of the bullies in her grade and discovers that Family, friendship, and sexual identity are the hardest mysteries to solve. This book sounds amazing. Yes. The next book I want to read, The Best Liars in Riverview. This is by Lynn Thompson. This comes out March 8, 2022. In the woods of a small Kentucky town, Aubrey sets off on a journey about growing up and self-discovery and acceptance while searching for their missing best friend perfect for fans of king and the dragonflies which i haven't read in time uh three times lucky aubrey and joel are like two tomato vines that grew along the same crooked fence weird yet the same kind of weird weird oh weird yet the same kind of weird okay but lately even their shared weirdness seems weird then joel disappears vanishes poof The whole town is looking for him, and Aubrey was the last person to see Joel. Aubrey can't say much, but since lies of omission are still lies, here's what they know for sure. For the last two weeks of the school year, when sixth grade became too much, Aubrey and Joel have been building a raft in the woods. The raft was supposed to be just another part of their running away game. The raft is gone now. Aubrey doesn't know where Joel is, but they might find... They might know how to find him. As Aubrey, their friend Mary, and sister Tegan search along the river, Aubrey has to fess up who they really are. All the things they never said and the word that bully Rudy Thomas used that set this all into motion. So, the cover shows a white girl, fingers crossed behind her back, and we see a stretch of river And we see Joel, who is a black boy, sitting on this wooden raft, floating down the river with a backpack on. So, this book looks amazing. It really, really does. It deals with with race and everything like that. And that's just another important topic that really needs to be discussed in today's age. The next book comes out March 1st. 2022 secret of the storm this is by meth Mac- beth mcmullen i swear i i feel like i have one of her books do i not i don't okay okay seekers of the wild realm meets my diary from the edge of the world in this poignant and adventurous story of a lonely girl who befriends a kitten that might be much more oh okay so this is the first book in a new series oh, sweet From the author of Mrs. Smith's Spy School for Girls. Twelve-year-old Cassie King's father always told her the universe was on her side. All she had to do was work hard and things go her way. But then Cassie's father dies. Her mom retreated into herself and her best friend traded her in for the popular crowd at school. The only thing Cassie still has is the volunteer work she does at the local library. That hooked me. That hooked me. Volunteering at the local library to be 100%. A place where she can leave her troubles behind. Unfortunately, classmate and school outcast Joe Robinson is always there doing the same thing. One day when Cassie and Joe are leaving the library, a bizarre storm hits. Trapping them in a narrow alley in the storm's aftermath, Cassie discovers a bedraggled little kitten abandoned in a smelly dumpster. Cassie feels an immediate connection to the kitten and takes him home. But the kitten, who Cassie names Elbert, is a little odd, with impossible strength and agility for a creature his size. At one point, Cassie swears she sees plums of smoke rising from his water bowl, and one afternoon, while Elbert is alone in her room, a strange symbol appears on the closet door. With new friend Joe's help, Cassie figures out the symbol is a map, but a map to what? The friends soon discover that Albert is much more than he appears and is in grave danger. He needs Cassie's help in ways she could never have imagined. Keeping him safe is the first thing Cassie has believed in for a long time. But is she strong enough to face down a sinister enemy moving ever closer and protect everything she loves? This sounds amazing. It sounds so good. So this book looks good. It's called Sir Fig Newton and The Science of Persistence, this is by Sonja, Sonja Thomas. This comes out March 15, 2022. Cover's adorable. Um, I believe we do see pictures. So the girl is really into science. We see her on a bike. We see a little um, wicker basket on the front of the bike holding an adorable gray-striped cat. And there is a little uh, post-it note that says, bike-a-thon on the front of the wicker basket. And, yeah, so this book looks so good. Any book that has a character that has a pet cat or a dog, I am down for it 100 Any character that loves going to the library, working at a library, volunteering at a library, anything with the library, I'm down for it 110%. From the desk of Zoe Washington meets Ways to Make Sunshine in this heartfelt... There again with the drink. Mm. Okay. Um, excuse me. And so basically it's putting comparisons from the desk of Zoe Washington, which if you know is getting a sequel. Sadly, not until 2023. We have a while to wait. <laughs> so, but at least, hey, I can reread that book in the meantime. I always like to reread a first book if another book comes out a, while, a little after and I've kind of forgotten details about the first So, right. Meets Ways to Make Sunshine. In this heartfelt middle grade novel about a determined young girl who must rely on her ingenuity and scientific know-how to save her beloved cat. Twelve-year-old Mira's summer is looking pretty bleak. Her best friend Thomas just moved a billion and one miles away from Florida to Washington, D.C. Her dad is job searching and he's been super down lately. Her phone screen cracked after a home science experiment gone wrong. And of all the people who could have moved into Thomas's old house down the street, Mira gets stuck with Tamika Smith, her know-it-all nemesis who's kept Mira in second place at the school science fair four years running. Mira's beloved cat, Sir Fig Newton, has been the most stable thing in her life lately, but now he seems off too. With her phone gone and no internet over the weekend at her strict grand's house, Mira must research Fig's symptoms the old fashioned way at the library. She determines that he has the silent cat killer diabetes. A visit to the vet confirms her diagnosis, but that one appointment stretched family funds to the limit. They'll never be able to afford cat insulin shots. When Mira's parents tell her they have, may have to give fig up to people who can afford this, his treatment, Mira insists that she can earn the 2000 needed within a month. Armed with ingenuity, determination, and one surprising alloy, can Mira save her best four-legged friend before it's too late? This is amazing. Honestly, I've heard of feline diabetes. Just the name, but not as far as what goes on as far you know, the care. And I like that this book is shining a light on that and just a big responsibility. You know, kids think pets are, you know, all fun and games. You know, there's responsibility. Not just feeding, walking, cleaning their poop and pee. If they have a medical issue, you know, usually a parent would take on that responsibility. Usually, you know, parents say, you know, when a kid is older, like, this is your dog, your responsibility, anything the dog needs, you're going to have to be responsible for it. And I just, I'm interested, this is, wow, I am just so interested and just wanting to know, like, more about the author. Like, how did she do her research, you know, and all that good stuff. Just, oh, it looks so good. There's a book called Checked about a boy and his rescue dog, who's a Doberman pin- pincher. The boy plays hockey and his dad can't really afford the fees constantly. And then he finds out that his dog has been diagnosed with cancer and he has to make a decision, you know, with his hockey and his care for his dog because his father can't really afford it. And the boy says, well, I will cut down on these expenses with hockey to be able to afford what the the dog's care and everything. So that's a really good book too. Um I just I think this is so important to show kids, you know, a kid taking on this responsibility for the, their pet, like they're willing to do whatever it takes. This book looks amazing too. It's actually quite short. This book, actually hold on. Did I say when um Surfick Newton March 15th. Okay. This next book is short. It's called This Is Not a Drill. This is by K.A. Holt. This comes out May Why do I have this in the March category? That is so weird. I need to move this. Here it is. Yeah. I don't know why I had that there. Um, This Is Not a Drill. This book, as soon as I read the synopsis, I was hooked because this seems like they're slowly integrating the this topic into middle grade books. We've read it, you know in adult books you know adult fiction and young adult fiction but we need to hit lower levels because this just doesn't occur only in high school it can occur in colleges high school and junior high maybe even elementary school told through text messages this timely story explores the real dangers kids face with humor insight and a ton of heart Ava is having a really bad day. Her parents are getting divorced. She just had a big argument with her two best friends and she forgot to charge her phone again. To top it all off, while hiding out in the bathroom over lunch, the alarm goes off for a lockdown drill. Ava knows the rules. She has to get herself into a classroom, turn the ringer off on her phone, lock the door, and cover the windows. But all the rooms have already been locked from the inside, and there's no one in the halls. Pretty soon she realizes there is an intruder in the building. This isn't a drill. From the author of From Me to You and House Arrest comes this timely that explores both the effect of school lockdown drills and the relatable struggles of modern middle school friendship. This, wow, sounds amazing. Okay, so the last book I'm going to read for March, it's going to be released March 22, 2022. It's called Troublemaker. This is a duo writing team, John Cho and Sarah Souk. Troublemaker follows the events of the L.A. riots through the eyes of 12-year-old Jordan as he navigates school and family. This book will highlight the unique Korean-American perspective. 12-year-old Jordan feels like he can't live up to the example who his older sister set or his parents expectations when he returns home from school one day hoping to hide his suspension los angeles has reached a turning point in the wake of the acquittal of the uh, police officers filmed beating rodney king as well as the shooting of a young black man or excuse me as well as the shooting of a young black teen leticia harlins by a korean store owner. The country is at the precipice of confronting its racist past and present. As tensions escalate, Jordan's father leaves to check on the family store, spurring Jordan and his friends to embark on a dangerous journey to come to his aid and come to terms with, with the racism within and affecting their community. All right, let's move on to April. This book is called Lifeling. This is by Kirsty Applebaum. And I've not read a book by this author before, but boy, oh boy, does the synopsis look good. This comes out April 12th, 2022. For fans of Tech Everlasting, see, this is what had me. Tech Everlasting, amazing, amazing book. Christy Applebaum's Lifeling is a fantasy adventure about a 12-year-old boy who can bring living creatures back from the point of death. In exchange for part of his own life... Twelve-year-old Lonnie can stop death in its tracks, but there's a price to pay for his magic. Each time he saves a life, he must sacrifice years of his own. In order to keep his power a secret, he always stayed away from the nearby town of Farstoke, where the townfolk might take advantage of a lifeling boy for their selfish and dangerous ends. But when Lonnie's family is left with no money, and he and his brother Midge are forced to venture into... Farstoke in search of work Lonnie soon finds the people of Farstoke aren't the frightening monsters he's been told to fear or so they seem at first glance as Lonnie debates revealing his secret ability to the town he must ask himself if the people of Farstoke Farstoke are really who they appear to be and if he is willing to risk his life to save another. This book it sounds amazing so, here's another book by Alex Gino. He of course wrote here she um the book George. I'm going to feel like a piece of garbage if I find out that Ale- Hold on. I got to find out. I don't want to Okay, good thing I looked this up. So, according to Wikipedia and again, take Wikipedia with a grain of salt. Gino is genderqueer and uses singular they pronouns and the honorific MX. Okay. Okay, so they have written the book Alice Austin Lived Here. This comes out April 5th, 2022. With their books, like George and also You Don't Know everything is it you don't know anything or you don't know everything you don't know everything jilly p this was my favorite i liked george i haven't read rick but i loved you don't know everything jilly p so the next book is let me hit this here here we go Sam is very in touch with their, okay, so also the, they, their, oh, gotcha, with their own queer identity. They're non-binary, and their best friend TJ is non-binary as well. Sam's family is very cool with it as long as Sam remembers that non-binary kids are also required to clean their rooms, do their homework, and try not to antagonize their teachers too much. The teacher respect thing is hard when it comes to Sam's history class because their teacher seems to believe that only dead straight CIS white men are responsible for history. When Sam's home borough of staten island opens up a contest for a new statue sam finds the perfect non dscwm subject photographer alice austin whose house has been turned into a museum and who lived with a female partner for decades soon sam's project isn't just about winning the contest it's about discovering a rich queer history that sam's a part of A queer history that no longer needs to be quiet as long as there are kids like Sam and TJ to stand up for. it. This sounds amazing and I think I am definitely going to save this for my June Pride read month. June, um, Pride month read. Definitely. The next book, Jennifer Chan is Not Alone. And guys, like I said, these are pretty much all, this is all my wishlist stuff. This is all my good reads. I go through the middle grade books that are going to be released for the next year and I go through and I want to read the ones I want to read and then I put them into categories month by month so I know what ones come out when and then that way I can decide do I want to get this now or do I want to wait? I have so many books I still need to read. So I really, I know I'm going to say this and I know I'm going to probably falter but I need to read the books. I have two bookshelves filled with books. They're the 12 cubbyhole cabinet um, shelf book uh, cabinets from Target. And I have two of those <laughs> filled with middle grade books that I still need to get to. So yeah, let's talk about this. This is by Ta- T.A.E. Keller. This is April 26, 2022. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Alright, Tay Keller offers a gripping and emotional story about a girl who is alienated by her friends for believing in aliens. Sometimes middle school can make you feel like you're totally alone in the universe. But what if we aren't alone at all? Thanks to her best friend, Regan, Mallory Moss knows the rules of middle school. The most important one, you have to fit in to survive. But then Jennifer Chan moves in across the street and That rule doesn't seem to apply. Jennifer doesn't care about the laws of middle school or the laws of the universe. She believes in aliens, and she thinks she can find them. Then Jennifer goes missing. Using clues from Jennifer's journals, Mallory goes searching, but the closer she gets, the more Mallory has to confront why Jennifer might have run and face the truth within herself. Tay Keller lights up the sky with this insightful story about shifting friendships, right and wrong, and the power we all hold to influence and change one another. No one is alone. I, this is my, this is my feeling, everyone. This is what I think. I think that this character possibly could be running away from abusive home. Uh, an abusive home situation. That's my feeling in my gut. Usually, when a child runs away, I shouldn't say usually I don't know everyone's story but it seems like a lot of the time there is a reason kids don't just run away because they want to run away there's a reason behind it so the next one is trusting true north this is by Gina Linko This book comes out April 5th, 2022. This book, of course, short read. It's under 200 pages. That's 176. Usually, sometimes when it comes with those books, I mean, the cover is beyond gorgeous. I will tell you this right now. I love the bluish night sky with the lilac-colored clouds. It looks like the sky is... The sun is setting. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. True North Vincent feels lost and uneasy after the fear of a virus closes the border. Oh, my goodness. Okay, um, this could be very well. <clears throat> now my voice is all... <coughs> yeah, that's what happens when I podcast for hours. Um, this sounds like a COVID. It's talking about a virus cl- closing the border, meeting her mom... Can't return home from Canada with her father working long hours as a nurse, helping people who are sick with the virus. Yeah, they're talking about Corona. Um, or COVID virus. Um, she's left at home with her grandma, who doesn't have the energy to keep up with True's Adventures, or her older sister who always focused on her phone. Or Georgie, her younger brother whose severe asthma makes him more vulnerable to the virus. Wow. Oh, my God. This book. This book. So many good books are coming out. And like I said, this is something that I feel does need to be represented in books. True is lonely and sometimes gets angry because she feels forgotten and unheard. True's mom tries to talk to her by phone, but True refuses. She just wants her mom home in person, not just her voice. True finds escape and comfort in working on her maps, a skill she learned from her mother, who is a cartographer. Not only does it fulfill... Her about learning class assignment, but it helps to pass the time in isolation. She also creates an elaborate treasure map for Georgie that spans the entire thick forest behind her back, beyond her backyard. While exploring, True finds the new kid Kyler playing tenderly with the litter of newborn kittens in an old barn. Kyler knocked out. Dakota Sullivan's tooth during a fight and has a reputation of being a bully. So True waits until he's gone before approaching the kittens. The smallest kitten, the runt of the litter, looks sickly and has been abandoned by the mama cat. True names her teacup. She knows exactly how it feels not to have a mom around when you need her most. As teacup's health worsens, True attempts to nurse the cat back to health by herself. Just when True thinks she and kyler could be friends over the concern for teacup. he starts acting strange and doesn't return her calls to make matters worse true's dad gets sick and must stay at the hospital oh my gosh and then georgie gets lost in the forest and then their elderly neighbor gets the virus. oh my gosh True feels even more scared and alone, running out of her own fixes and remedies. True reaches out and realizes that her family does care about her and wants her and wants to offer support and guidance to help her find her way through the unexpected challenges the virus and life bring this. Amazing. Amazing. I would even buy it for the cover and the story. Oh my gosh. Does this author have any other books? Or is this the only one? Um... Looks like there is some. One that's a middle grade and I'm not sure what the others are. Alright. A duet for home. This is by, by Karina Yang Glazer. This comes out April 5th. Okay. <clears throat> From the New York Times best-selling creator of the Beaker Vanderb- Oh, I got, I got that book. I got, like, the first, like, three or four. I need to get into that big time. Big time. Series comes a triumphant tale of friendship, healing, and the power of believing in ourselves told from the perspective of biracial sixth graders June and Tyrell. Two children living in a homeless shelter. As their friendship grows over a shared love of classical music, June and Tyrell confront a new housing policy that puts homeless families in danger. It's June's first day at Huey House and as if losing her home weren't enough, she also can't bring her cherished Viola inside. Before the accident last year her dad saved up tip saved tip money for a year to buy her viola. She's not about to give it up now. Tyrell has been at Huey House for three years and gives June a glimpse of the good things about living there. Friendship, hot meals, and a classical musician next door. Can he and June work together to oppose the government or will families be forced out of Huey House House before they are ready? This book sounds amazing. And again, another gorgeous cover. I, I am big on... I just, oh, I just, I love them. What, have they read, have they written it? Yes, that's right, the Vanderbeekers series. Oh, they look like they got another Vanderbeeker book coming out next year. I gotta get on those. There's a sixth book coming out, and I haven't even read the first one yet. Okay, here's the next book, The Lucky Ones. This is by Linda Williams Jackson. This comes out April 12th, 2022. This does look like a period book that's set in the mid to late 60s. When 11-year-old Ellis Earl Brown learns that a famous United States senator might be coming to Mississippi, he can't believe it. After all, why would a fancy man from Washington, D.C. come all the way to the Delta just to see how poor folks lived? It's 1967 and Ellis Earl Brown isn't asking for much an adequate amount of food for his large family would be nice a house that doesn't rattle in a strong wind or leak when it rains would be great also but times is hard for everybody's times is hard for everybody as mama has said and Ellis Earl finds it hard to keep hope alive when his teacher Mr Foster gives him a copy of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Ellis Earl wonders if he can be like Charlie Bucket Though he doesn't receive a lucky golden ticket, Ellis Earle does discover that sometimes being a hero simply means being in the right place at the right time. Things begin to look up for Ellis Earle and his family after he is among the five students chosen to go on a field trip to the Jackson Airport to greet Senator Robert Kennedy. Exploring poverty, racism, and the power of education through the eyes of a kid who dreams of brighter days. The lucky, the lucky Ones will resonate with fans of Rex Ogle's Free Lunch. I do have that book. I I remember when I worked at um, ADAC, the factory in Michigan. I worked there for six years. I listened to a lot of audiobooks. Free Lunch does deal with physical and mental abuse of a child. And it was hard to listen. I, I didn't... I. Felt like I barely even got into the book because I could not... It was emotionally really just difficult to hear through audio a kid being mentally and physically abused. I decided to get um, a physical copy of the book and just... I'm going to read it that way. I just feel like that... Okay, so... Okay, great, great, great. Ah, this book these books, gosh, they're so good. These authors. Oh my gosh, I love them all. I love them all. I love them all. It's just it's, they do amazing work. I will say that a hundred percent right now. Um Alright, let's do You know what? Let's move on. Let's move on to May here. May has amazing how many books I have here and I know I know deep down I can't get all of them at least not right away because I would go broke this book sounds amazing too Civil the Civil War of Amos Abernathy this is by Michael l e a l i le so this does not have an official synopsis but it looks like it was put here so hopefully I'm hoping that this is it because this sounds amazing. And just in time for June Pride Month. So, okay. In which a 12-year-old openly gay historical reenactor sets out to prove himself and his closeted crush that queer people always have and always will exist in American history. The story is told partly in letters to Albert J.D. Cashier, the Union soldier his research uncovers, who becomes his confident, confidant and his historical queer icon. This book looks amazing. Beyond amazing in fact. Oh my gosh. The cover is gorgeous. Again, we have Amos here and he is wearing an orange shirt with a gray uh, um, uh, pride flag on it. We do see articles of historical articles, pictures, research and stuff like that. This comes out May 24th. So right in time for Pride Month, this book sounds amazing. Also, uh, a period piece book. Uh, it's called Cookies and Milk. <laughs> I love this. It's by Sean Amos. This is May seventeenth, twenty twenty-two. It's a summer of family, friendship, and fun fiascos in this semi-autobiographical novel that's as irresistible as a fresh-baked cookie eleven-year-old ellis johnson dreamed of spending the summer of nineteen seventy six hanging out with his friends listening to music and playing his harmonica instead he'll be sleeping on a lumpy pull-out in dad's sad little post-divorce bungalow and helping bring dad's latest far-fetched sure-to-fail idea to life opening the world's first chocolate chip cookie store they have 6 weeks to perfect the recipe get a ramshackle a frame on hollywood's sunset boulevard and do tip-top shape and bring it in customers but of course nothing is as easy as dad makes it sound even with grandma along for the ride like she says they have to get g i t get it together and make things work along the way Ellis discovers a family mystery he is determined to solve. The power of community and new faith in himself. Partially based on Sean Amos' own experiences growing up. The son of Wally, famous Amos. Oh my gosh! Famous Amos cookies? Seriously? Seriously? I love those cookies, especially the mini chocolate chip ones with the pecans in them. They're so oh my gosh! I am down for this. I oh, mm, ah, I didn't even know. I'm so excited. <laughs> so yeah, um, growing up the son of Wally, famous Amos, in a mostly white area, and packed with humor, heart, and fun illustrations, this debut novel sings with a joyous self-discovery, unconditional love, and belonging. <sighs> Another of my favorite author, Jamie Sumner, who has written Roll With It and Tune It Out and One Kid's Trash. I still have to read that one. Oh my gosh. The Summer of June. This comes out May 31st, 2022. An an inspirational and engaging middle grade book about a young girl who sets out to overcome her anxiety over the course of one life-changing summer. 12-year-old June Delancey is kicking summer off with a bang. She shaves her head and sets two goals. She will beat her anxiety and be the lion she knows she can be instead of the mouse everyone sees. And she and her single mama will, will own their power as fierce, independent females. With the help of Homer... Whereas, the poet citing soccer star who believes in June even when she doesn't believe in herself. She starts a secret library garden and hatches a plan to make her dreams come true. But when her anxiety becomes too much and everything begins to fall apart, it's going to take more than a haircut and some flowers to set things right. It's going to take courage and friends and watermelon pie. Forget second chances, this is the summer of new beginnings. Okay, what is this watermelon pie? I want to hear more about it. I 100% want to hear more. Speaking of Mr. Lemoncello, Mr. Lemoncello's very first game by Chris Grabenstein is coming out in May of 2022. Love his books. Uh, this is a prequel, clearly. Before Mr. Lemoncello became everyone's favorite game maker, he was a kid who liked to roll the dice. Discover the origins of what James Patterson calls the coolest library in the world. In this prequel, to the New York Times best-selling escape from Mr. Lemoncello's library. Go back to the start and meet 13-year-old, puzzle-obsessed Luigi Lemoncello. Luigi has a knack for games and puzzles, but sometimes it feels like the cards are stacked against him until a carnival arrives in town and Luigi gets the chance of a lifetime. The opportunity to work for the famous, world-famous Professor Marvel, Marvelmas, a dazzling, banana-hat-wearing barker who puts the show in showmen. When the carnival closes, Professor Marvelmas leaves behind a mysterious puzzle box along with the clue. A clue that will lead Luigi and his friends on a fantastical treasure hunt to a prize beyond anything they could imagine. If if they can find it. Can Luigi craft the codes and unlock the box's secrets? Will there be puzzles? Of course. Balloons? You bet. Will it be fun? Hello, it's a lemon cello bonus. Can You Crack the Hidden Puzzle Inside? A Worthy Successor to Willy Wonka. Ah, I'm so excited for this book. Ah, 22 is looking brighter and brighter already with all of these amazing reads. I am just, down. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. All right, let's jump on to June. We got Gordon Corman, who is the author of Restart, um, a book about a bully who gets amnesia and when he comes back to school, he realizes that everyone treats him basically like they're afraid of him. So, yeah. Alright, so The Fort. It's Our Secret Don't Tell. This comes out June 28th, 2022. Five friends who need to stick together after they set up a hideout in an abandoned bomb shelter and discover that the only way to be true friends is the real real their secrets, and help each other out. The morning after Hurricane Leo rips through the town of Canyon, residents awaken to widespread destruction: power outages, downed power lines, uprooted trees, broken windows, and damaged roofs. for 8th grade friends, Evan, Jason, Mitchell, and CJ, meet to explore the devastation. The tight-knit group is just Dismayed to find that Evan has brought along astray. Ricky, who is new to their town and school, and doesn't have any friends yet. Ricky is the one to find the strange trap door that appeared in the middle of the woods. The door to an old bomb shelter. Unearthed by the hurricane, inside, the boys find a completely intact underground layer complete with electricity, food, and entertainment in the form of video cassettes. <laughs> the boys vow to keep the place's existence to themselves. Sometimes, oh, excuse me. Things soon get tense, some bad locals keep snooping around, and what started out as a fun place to escape soon becomes a serious refuge for one of the boys who's trying to avoid an abusive home situation. In order to save the shelter, the boys must keep it secret, and in order to save themselves, they're going to have to share their individual secrets and build the safest place they can. This book sounds amazing. It really, really does. The other book I have for June, it's called Gabe in the After. This comes out June 28th, 2022. This is by Shannon Dolsky. It's been, it's 14 year old, Gabe Sweeney's Day to Check for Survivors Two days after a global pandemic, 20 survivors, most of them children, have relocated from their coastal main island full of sad memories to a mansion on a small neighboring island where they have school and farm chores. When Gabe and his dog Mud find Rel Douglas alone in the woods on the mainland, they take the strange new girl across the channel to live with them. Rel changes the island with her hopeful attitude. She tells big stories and makes plans for activities like talent shows. Despite a growing crush, Gabe doesn't quite understand the point of it all. Why have a talent show at the end of the world? But when a tragedy but when tragedy strikes, Gabe sets out on a dangerous journey to try and find other survivors, where the world might be normal like before. Lightly inspired by Anne of Green Gables, Gabe in the After is a moving and heartfelt story about the end of the world and what perseveres through it. All right. This book sounds amazing. I'll say that. Repairing the World. This comes out in July. There's only a couple books for July I have. Uh, Linda Epstein is the author, July 5th, 2022. So the day after 4th of July. All right. A young girl grapples with grief over a tragic loss with the help of a new perspective from Hebrew school in support of new friends in this heartfelt middle grade novel about learning to look forward. Excuse me. Twelve-year-old mm. Daisy and Ruby are totally inseparable. They've grown up together, and Daisy has always counted on having Ruby there to pave the way encourage her to try new things and to see, the ma- to see the magic in the world. Then Ruby is killed in a tragic accident while on vacation and Daisy's life is shattered. Now Daisy finds herself having to face the big things in her life, like starting middle school and becoming a big sister without her best friend. It's hard when you feel sad all the time, but thanks to new friends, new insights, and support of family members, Daisy is able to see what life after Ruby can look like. And as she reaches beyond that to help prepare the world around her, she is reminded that friendship is eternal and that magic can be found in the presence of anyone who chooses to embrace it. The next book, A Perfect Mistake by Melanie Conklin. Last, no, it was this year that I read her book, Every Missing Piece. I, Oh, actually, I'm sorry, it was December twenty. 20- December 20, 2020. Okay, I thought, what did I think I read that earlier? Wait, what is this? Okay, okay, sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Let's move on. A movie novel novel about friendship, responsibility and fighting against unfair expectations for fans of Rebecca Stead and Aaron and Trotta Kelly. Max wishes he could go he could back, go back in time to before he was diagnosed with ADHD, before he grew to be the tallest kid in class, and before he and his best friends went into the woods in the middle of the night. Max doesn't remember what happened after he left his friends Will and Joey and the older kids who took them there. He's not sure if he wants to remember. Knowing isn't going to make Joey talk to him again or bring Will out of his coma. Oh my gosh. When the local authorities run out of leads, Max realizes that without his help, they may never know what really happened to Will. Charged by the idea that he may be the key to uncovering the truth, Max pairs up with classmate and aspiring journalist Sam to investigate what really happened that night. But not everyone in the community wants that night to be remembered. Oh my gosh. This book comes out on July 12th, 2022, and this book looks, again, unbelievably amazing. Coming out August 30th, 2022, The Midnight Children. This is by Dan Gemmenhardt, his newest book. If you've read The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise, the, that, oh my gosh, that book tore me asunder. Beautiful book, honestly. Comes a story about a family of runaways who take up residence in a small town and the outcast boy who finds his voice and his people. Perfect for fans of Catherine Applegate and Kate DiCamillo. Kate D. Uh, in the dead of night, a truck arrives in Slaughterville, a small town curiously named after its windowless slaughterhouse. Seven mysterious kids with suitcases step out of the vehicle and into an abandoned home on a dead end street, looking over their shoulders to make sure they aren't noticed. But Ravani Foster covertly witnesses their arrival from his bedroom window. Timid and lonely, Ravani is eager to to learn everything he can about his new neighbors. What secrets are they hiding? And most mysterious of all, where are the adults? Yet amid this shadowy group of orphans, Ravani finds an unexpected friend in the warm and gutsy Virginia. But with this friendship comes secrets revealed and danger. When Ravani learns of a threat to the Vag... Uh, Ragabonds. he must do his best To keep his new friends safe or lose The only person who has ever understood Him full of wonder Friendship and mystery the Ragabonds Explores the meaning of Home what makes a family and what It takes to find the courage To believe in yourself I know that I mean I loved the remarkable journey of Coyote sunrise and I know that I'm going to love This book just as much And of course, we get the conclusion to small spaces with empty smiles. Oh my gosh, this cover is gorgeous. I was disappointed really majorly by the third book, Dark Water, so I'm really hoping that this new book 100% delivers. I really, really hope so. The book Adrift, this is by Tanya Guerrero from the author of all you need is love and how to make friends with the sea an upper middle grade contemporary story of a survival and grief about two biracial filipino cousins whose resilience is tested when one of them is lost at sea cousins coral and isa are so close they're practically siblings their mothers are sisters and the two girls grew up on the same small island when Coral and her parents leave on a months-long journey or a months-long sea voyage amid the islands of Indonesia Isa is devastated that they'll be kept apart and the two vow to, <clears throat> and the two vow to right each other no matter what then the unthinkable happens and Coral's boat capsizes at sea where her parents and the rest of the crew vanish, washed up on a deserted island, alone and wracked by grief, she must find the strength within to survive and find her way back home. Meanwhile, Isa is still on Pebble Island, the only one holding out hope that her beloved cousin is still alive. Told in alternating points of view, this is a powerful story of loss, hope, love, and family, and the unexpected resilience of the human spirit. So those are the books I look to forward to reading this next year in 2022. I hope I gave you guys some good ideas of books that maybe you want to add to your TBR list, to be read list for 2022. So have a happy new year and also happy reading. I will be doing in the new year sometime, probably in the... Post-winter, early spring, so maybe March, April, I'll be doing another book review of the books I've read from January to, say, March. So we'll do a couple. We'll do one for the winter. We'll do one for, you know, um, summer and fall. So winter and spring probably will be combined. So we'll do books from, let's say, January to um, April. And then we'll do like, so that way those books I can do in May and then the books I read from May until like August will be the summer. We'll just kind of play by ear, you know, that's a long ways from now. So I hope you enjoyed this. I had a fun time with talking about all the books. I just, I can't wait to get my hands on. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, be perusing the books I already have and uh, you'll find some even more good reads that are currently out and available to be purchased and read. So bye bye, everybody.